Hi, I'm James Schilling Law, and I'm here with a familiar face. If you've been watching us, it's Alberto Alberti, who's the president and CEO of Atlas Ocean Voyages. And we have interviewed uh, Alberto a number of times over the past year and even live on his uh, ship last uh, summer, I think. Uh, we had a great time on board at one of the, the, chair, uh, the owner's crews. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, some developments at Atlas Ocean and see what's going on. Uh, first of all, Alberto, uh, how are you and where are you? Hi, James. I'm in Florida, back in Florida. I just got back from Orlando watching one of our charter jets take off for Antarctica. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, so let, let's get right to it. Uh, uh, and we're talking about when you launched, you, did, you were amazingly totally all-inclusive, everything, and you had some really great offers. And then you, you've decided to make a few changes. Um, and the one that you made just a couple of weeks ago, you recently announced that you would no longer include air or shore excursions for Atlas Ocean Voyages. You said this would give your guests more choice and lead to maybe lower fares. Can you explain why you did this and why it helps guests and their travel advisors? Absolutely, James. First, hi, and thanks for having me. When we launched the voyage or when we launched the product, we went ahead and we targeted what we termed as a luxe adventure traveler. Right. Well, we define that person as someone who likes luxury, but still wants to take a little bit of a bite out of life with maybe a little bit more exciting experience. Well, we ended up actually hitting that traveler spot on target. Mm -hmm. What we found very quickly was that those travelers also are more experienced and they like to do their own things as it relates to the air travel. Okay. Uh, we, in our purchasing of air for them, were actually not be able to give them the nuances that they wanted as frequently and regularly as they wanted. So what we decided to do is it would be best to take that portion out, have an air department, which is flexible enough to do all those things, but not box them into our product. And it's the same thing with the shore excursions, what happened was, yes, we were including free tours, but we were literally not capable of giving tours of the magnitude that these people were asking for. And also, many of them didn't want tours because they wanted to do their own thing. Okay. So why would we offer something that takes away from their pricing when they're not going to take it anyway? Got so it. what was we did do the repricing and now we're, you'll see next season, we're gonna have a much stronger focus on private touring. Uh, guests will be able to pre-purchase full day private sedans, full day vans for their families and do their own thing. We'll offer them opportunity and information before the cruise as well as during the cruise to select their itineraries. We find that this is already proving very positive. The guests like that flexibility. And then as it relates to the ship's tours, we're able to make more juicy, intensive ships tours so that the people who are not on the privates can still see those highlight activities, but also those unique activities that they will be able to enjoy as well as the onboard experience with the Lux side. So that's the Lux adventure piece put back together. No, that's great. Uh, and of course, so, so this doesn't represent any pullback from your all-inclusiveness uh, at this point, just trying to give you, your, your guests a little more choice. Right. And the best way to look at this is the shipboard experience, the cruise product is absolutely the same. All-inclusive, the onboard product has proven so satisfying. 
In fact, the ratings are well above even what we expected. Our operations department is doing great. But what we're changing is what happens off the ship. Mm-hmm. Things that happen before you get to the ship or when you go ashore. And that's where we're adding in that greater choice. The onboard product is still an all-inclusive product and everyone is still enjoying that. That's great. Now, of course, we have to clarify this is that this is for your uh, expeditions around everywhere, but say uh, Antarctica, that area where you'll, you'll every obviously when you have landings like that, those are all included in that cruise. And I guess you're, are you going to continue doing your, your charter down to Antarctica next year? The, you're correct about the fact that this change influences all cruises. There will be cruises such as Antarctica, any of the expeditions where the expedition team will, as part of the expedition, include the expeditions ashore, whether it be guided land, guided zodiac, explorations of wherever we are. As it relates to the air charter, right now we're making final decisions. If everything with the COVID environment continues to improve, then we're looking at doing the charter from Buenos Aires to Ushuaia. Okay. The reason we want to do this is we had two major complaints on the charter this year. One was, I love the idea of the charter, but I wanted to spend time in Argentina during my cruise. Right. Because you were pinned down with those charter dates, start and finish, you weren't able to take a vacation in Patagonia or take a vacation in Buenos Aires. So this, by going from BA to Ushuaia, allows us to offer pre-cruise post-cruise in Buenos Aires, same as in Patagonia, we can offer pre or post there, and it allows guests again more choice. The second issue people had about the charter was that because our clients are such a fine quality, experienced, some people call top 2% cruisers, mm-hmm. we couldn't provide enough business class seats. Okay. And it's a major, major desire for our guests. So using scheduled air down to Buenos Aires will allow us to offer business class and a wider selection for our guests. And then you then you take a charter down to Espaya. Okay, got it. Uh, right. and, and of course, this year, because Argentina itself was pretty closed off, the Argentinians didn't really want a lot of people coming in to Argentina, and they probably won't until things really open up. I think it's, it's, it's opening, but it's, it's going to take you know, next year, hopefully by the next uh, Antarctica season, they'll be fully open. And that's why I put in the caveat that the charter from BA, Buenos Aires, down to Ushuaia is going to happen if the conditions continue to improve. If not, then we'll have to rethink that and see if we're going to go back to the existing way, which is from U.S. down to Ushuaia direct. Got it. Now, uh, at the same time, you announced the, this, this, this uh, change. Um, you also offered new travel advisor incentives to make it even more lucrative to sell Atlas Ocean Voyages. Can you explain this program and why it helps travel advisors? Obviously money. Well, it is good money for the travel advisor. That's for darn sure. The evolution, what happened was the early adopters for our product were the direct consumers. And we were actually doing too much direct consumer business. And that's not the way we want to operate our company. We want to be a major, majorly distributed by travel advisors. Right. Needed to take those early adopting guests and send them to a travel advisor so that they would do the booking with their professional agent. We thought of different ways to do this. And what we did was 
we are actually paying guests $1,000 each to book with a travel advisor. Mm. We're trying to drive the guests to the travel advisor. And then when they get to the travel advisor, in order to ensure that that guest does get booked on to a Lux Adventure Association Voyages cruise, we're paying the travel advisors $10,000 for five bookings. Mm. And so in essence, a $2,000 bonus for each booking. And after five bookings with the sixth, they get paid $10,000. This has been very, very popular. We have a number of travel advisors who've already earned their $10,000. And this continues on until the end of March. So they'll be able to bother with this. No, that's great. And I'm sure that uh, the travel advisors really, hopefully they can take advantage of this because uh, it's, it's a great offer. Uh, now, let's turn to, to another thing that you just announced. Um, you, you had a, 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 a few new hires. Uh, you had a new marketing VP, a new guest relations head, three new regional sales execs. Uh, why are all these coming at once or have some of these just been in place and you're just announcing them now? Well, they are kind of all coming at once. And the reasoning is this. We started our business about two years ago, but we've only been operating now for six months. And we've learned a lot in those six months. Okay. And one of the major things we learned is that we need staff who are dynamic, yet guest service oriented, as well as small luxury ship experienced. Mm-hmm. And we went out and we sought people in those three areas who would be able to handle our guests the way they need to be handled from a guest service side, but then from a business operations side, we needed more people with small cruise line, small ship cruise line experience. Okay. We needed people to be nimble and make decisions that would help direct the company, direct our brand direction. And so I think we really nailed it with the people that we've brought on board. Now, uh, one of the things uh, you've also pretty much really expanded and revamped your sales team. I know there was a new sales VP that you hired last year. Uh, uh, how will this make it easier for advisors to do business with you? Well, we did. And what we did, the sales team grew. And this is an ex- ex- is a result of the fact that our brand and the idea is catching on. So we had to extend, extend and expand our sales team nationally. We now cover the whole United States. We have people who, again, are experienced luxury sellers. Mm-hmm. This is important because they've adopted our brand. They understand what we're about and they're able to sell us through the advisors to the guests. It is important that the people who sell with us, as well as the people who sell us, understand the nuanced difference between what is luxury cruise and what is a luxe adventure cruise. Got it. Great thing is I had mentioned earlier about the direct consumers being those early adopters. Well, we have found that by seeking that Lux Adventure client, we have actually succeeded spot on to get that particular client. Mm-hmm. Now we need our sales force to give leadership to the travel advisors of how to find that same client. Now, uh, one of the things about these new hires and, and some other people in your marketing team, you had actually contracted out for a while to several people. And now are, is everybody now going to be full-time employees? They are. They are. We had contracted. And that was a question of just making sure we had judicious growth as we ended the company. We needed to be sure that we didn't overextend. 
that we were able to cover those regions where we have contractors. And it worked. We were able to see, because we actually contracted in one area and we ended up not hiring in that area. Right. We moved resources to another. And that was the reason for this, to just be sure we had a sane and responsible growth pattern. Yeah, I know. I, I, and that's a good sense, especially during COVID. You, were, you launched during COVID, which was, I'm sure that was an interesting test. We've talked about that before, but here you are and you're operating. And, and let's talk about that. You launched World Navigator, uh, your first ship, ne- nearly a year ago, you know, well, a few months later, in June uh, 21. Uh, I was on it. Uh, it was great. Uh, it was on a 10-day uh, owner's cruise from uh, Porto to Athens, and we hung out a lot. That was great. Um, how has the ship performed so far, and how have guests reacted to the ship? Well, I can say, and I'm very proud to say, that the reviews on the ship have been fantastic. And it's been great in a number of different ways. I had mentioned that we receive a lot of very experienced travelers. A great comment that we get about the ship is its safety and security stability. It sails very smooth. The Mm -hmm. engine, the way they're mounted, the way our our engine system itself with the hybrid propulsion Rolls-Royce engines run, the ship is so quiet and smooth. So those people who are experienced sailors love that attribute. Okay. What I really like, in addition to that, is that when you walk in, the interior design has an absolute wow factor. We took a bit of a risk and we used hotel interior designers to do our ship. Right. These award-winning designers from Europe really bit into this project. And I have to tell you, they've created what we call a retro chic look, which is kind of like a 40s era uh, look, but done in modern styles with really, really interesting colors. And I have to tell you, the guests love it. And the other thing that the guests are really enjoying is that we have venues which are gen- are made to generate social interaction. Mm-hmm. Guests like to come on and to accumulate and gather in these different areas. And it's, it's really helping give a positive vibe on board. Our dome lounge, which is the top floor, right. was a dome. It's, it's just proving to be so incredibly popular for socializing. So everything that's happened with the design with the mechanical design has been great. And also to the best, or what many people think is the best element is our food program. Our hotel hotel operations has really knocked it out of the park. They got their game going and they have, they are now competing on a world-class quality stage. Well, I know. I agree that the ship is a beautiful ship and the cuisine is great just in my, at the very beginning. And that wasn't even fair yet because you were just, starting it out, but you were on your way, I could tell at that point. Um, now, but have you made any changes based on customer and travel advisor feedback so far? Well, we improved our hamburgers. <laughs> well, that's key, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, that's great. Uh, interestingly enough, the onboard experience, the expansions or changes have been even to improve and put an even finer luxury end on it. Mm-hmm. Improving wine list, improving our drink selections to make sure that we're keeping up with the most modern trends. Those are things that are ongoing and always evolving because that's where we listen to the guests. What we've learned to improve, interestingly enough, is not the onboard experience, not even the cruise experience, but where we've had to take the guests advice the most Mm -hmm. is our 
pre-cruise communications, our pre-cruise actions. This is why we hired our dynamic new guest services uh, senior director, because she's able to go ahead and coalesce the people to be sure that everyone's on the same sheet, telling guests the same information, mm. advisors the right direction, and also making sure that we communicate more regularly, more passionately with our traveling guests. That's been the biggest positive thing that we've learned in the last six months. No, that's great. And I'm sure that she's going to do a great job going forward. Um, how has World Navigator's first season in Antarctica gone so far? The best thing we can say about the World Navigator's first season in Antarctica is that it really happened. It happened in fine fashion and the people who came were satisfied. Mm -hmm. That was very important because it was nerve wracking going down there as a new guy. But what has happened is we were able to operate throughout the season in this crazy COVID environment. When a lot of guests or a lot of uh, companies chose to wrap it up and go home. Right. Able to keep a very good onboard COVID control, and we were able to also uh, continue to operate because of that air charter that we used. Right, all things that help. We actually maintained eighty-two percent occupancy throughout the entire Antarctica season, and we're very happy with that number. No, that's great. And uh, although I did hear that you, you obviously there were guests who at some point tested positive on some of the cruises, at least one that I've heard. Uh, how, how did you deal with that? How did you, especially now we had this Omicron COVID uh, surge and uh, did you have to cancel any cruises? Did you have to do uh, anything? And I mean, did you put guests into quarantine or, you know, on an isolated basis? Um, I mean, how did you handle that? One thing that we have on board is we have very strong COVID prevention and also COVID reaction protocols. COVID is happening now. It's happening all around the world on ship. But the difference between what's happening on ships and on land is that the ships have it under control. Even when the numbers grow beyond comfortable, we're still able to isolate the guests as necessary in their cabins, isolate those first contacts to make sure that they also are kept safe. And then when we debark in Ushuaia, we have arrangements already with isolation hotels. Okay. Created a guest care, a, a guest care reaction team here in the office that stays in constant contact with any guests who had to be isolated into Ushuaia. So we've learned that our protocols really work. What we also have done is we've improved our pre-cruise testing. Okay. We require guests to come with a PCR and then we give them a PCR before they get on board. This is well above what the Argentines or other ports require. And that's been very helpful. Now, no, we, yeah, it is interesting because I mean, I was down there and actually there were several ships in the harbor and I said, why are they just moored out there? And they said, well, unfortunately they have some COVID cases and the uh, Argentine officials don't want to, uh, allow them uh, to disembark. It's true. And, and what we've been able to do is because of this association with the COVID hotels and such is we can go ahead and have those get have those guests safely held in these hotels. Now we did have one cruise that we were forced to cancel. And the reason for that was interestingly enough is not because of the number of guest positives, but it's actually because we have to control the number of crew positives. Right. And 
there is a thing called minimum safe manning. And while we never went below minimum safe manning, we were close enough that the authorities decided that it's best if we just don't cruise. And so everyone else can recover and get fit and we can make manning changes. That was the only time we didn't sail this year. Mm. Other than that, we've been doing well. In fact, the ship went out to today and it's again, nearly full. Yeah, well, this has been an interesting period adjusting to all these different rules. As And then we had the, the Omicron surge. And I mean, fortunately with Omicron, it's not as apparently deadly a disease as others, but you still test positive. So that's the, the challenge. And, and uh, you know, the, nobody wants to test positive, that's for sure. Now, uh, did anything, anything you learned from your Antarctica cruise season so far uh, that you might, um, you know, use to make some changes next year? We did. What we're going to do next season in this summer, spring, summer, fall season is we're going to beef up our public uh, entertainment and our public uh, management, our cruise staff activities. We're going to use a lot more water sports this mm -hmm. coming summer. We have on board the wave runners, the water skiing boats, the Zodiacs, paddle boards, kayaks, all of these snorkel gear, all of these things are going to be used much more frequently. We're mapping that out right now. We're going to bring on uh, water safety swimmers to ensure that that mm -hmm. is uh, available to keep everyone safe because safety is always the first point of any cruise line, not just ours. And then we're also bringing in a new cruise director who is an entertaining cruise director with a lot of experience. We find that having a guest entertainer is good but having a guest entertainer and a cruise director who's a guest entertainer of sorts gives more variety to the guests, as well as we have our very, very popular uh, lounge singers up in the piano bar, which really keep the night going on. So it's the public staff that's really taking a big focus for this next season. Got it. We're going to have to bring in more experienced shore excursion managers because, as I mentioned, now we're going to be doing a lot more private touring. Mm -hmm. So we have notch that up and be sure that our lands programs managers are able to provide that information and that direction guests need for that private tour. Absolutely. Sounds good. It sounds like it's just going to keep improving now. Uh, your season, I believe, ends in March or is it April for World Navigator on, in Antarctica? Uh, where, where does it head next? In Antarctica, we're closing down in March 22nd. Okay. We're heading over to uh, Europe, to Lisbon. And what we're going to do is we are not going to operate with guests between Ushuaia and Lisbon. And the reason is, is because, as we had mentioned with the different nations protocols and such, it was just too cumbersome and too risky to take a ship through so many different countries to get over to Europe. So we're going to go over slow and cost effectively to Europe. We're going to get there and we're going to start out in the Western Med. And then we're going to take it in the heat of the summer up to Northern Europe and the Arctic. We're going to be doing the Arctic, circumnavigations of the British Isles, the fjords, the Arctic fjords, as well as the Scandinavian capitals. And as of right now, we're scheduled to go to St. Petersburg. Let's oh, see how that works out because, of course, we're making Yeah, it. Yeah, we have a little uh, international incident going on there. Let's hope that cools out. But uh, St. Petersburg is a wonderful place to visit if you can get there, yes. And the way we're planning St. Petersburg is with two overnights so that people can spend more time seeing more things and also for those who want to get down to Moscow while we're there. 
That would be great. Uh, and that, that would be a great trip. Now, uh, you got your second shift coming in, World Traveler. Uh, is that still set to roll out on schedule? And when is that going to be? What we're doing is rolling out World Traveler in November. Okay. We decided to hold it until November because of the experience we just had with the Omicron you mentioned. Mm-hmm. What happened was it made a lot of people nervous about travel. And sadly, it also made the CDC release some information that perhaps was not so favorable to cruising. Right. So what we did was we held on and we're holding it until November and launching it in the heat of the, or I should say the high point of the Antarctica season. We have such strong bookings for next year's Antarctica that we are comfortable that it will be a good launch to the ship and we won't face those fears. So we're very happy that it's booking up in that manner. And also what we're going to do with it to make it even more attractive is that our two ships in Antarctica next year are going to offer two flavors. There's going to be one ship, the Navigator, which we're calling the bucket list ship because it's that one that does Antarctica discovery and those routes that are the most rapid and entertaining ways for a person looking to that bucket list Antarctica visit. Right. But our second ship is going to be our in-depth ship, our ship that's going to go ahead deeper into Antarctica with longer cruises from 13 to 16 nights, actually 13 to 20 nights, mm-hmm. and well down below the Antarctic Circle and out into the Shetland Islands and such. So we have a lot of dimensions, but holding the ship until November has been a bit of a heartbreak because we have this beautiful ship finished in, in Portugal, Right. And it, we're holding on to it just to be sure that everything settles down with the cruising environment. Absolutely. Well, that's great because you'll have two ships doing uh, different itineraries down in Antarctica next year. And then glad to hear you feel demand is strong enough to, to you know, where those two are going to have plenty of guests in them. Then um, you have two more ships, I believe, coming out. Tell us about those and when, and when they're scheduled. We do. And the two ships are going to be coming out in 23-24. And it's really exciting because now that's going to give us a great dimension to cover the world. And it's when we will be finally worldwide. We're going to have a ship in moving out into Asia via the Red Sea and Suez Canal. And then we're going to have a ship that's going to be able to spend more time in the Americas and into the more exotic other expedition locations. So when those four ships are in place, we're going to have global coverage. And that's good because our onboard future cruise sales are very strong Mm. are looking for new destinations. Our loyalty is growing. In fact, we're about to release our new loyalty guests loyalty program soon because we already have had people with three time repeaters. Really? Wow. That's great. A couple of them. It's just fantastic. So the loyalty is growing, but those people on board currently, are booking options because they're waiting to see where we're going to be. And we're booking about 22 to 25% options or future cruises, every cruise. No, that's fantastic. That's great news for the, for the brand. Now uh, here's a little odd question. Uh, You know, we, we have, we have a few ships out there in the market all of a sudden with the demise, unfortunate demise of crystal. And a lot of people are um, you know, it's, it was a great brand and, uh, certainly had just entered the Antarctic, the expedition cruise market with the Crystal Endeavor. Uh, would Atlas Ocean have any interest in buying that ship uh, now that it's on the market? 
Well, first I have to say it's tragic what happened to Crystal. And I, I, I feel for the travel advisors who may have gotten caught up in that. Um, that's unfortunate. And if there's anything we can do to help those travel advisors or their clients, we're here and we understand the situation that you're in. Now, as it relates to the endeavor, I do have to say the, uh, the famous the famous saying, and that is, that's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> they don't give me the $200 million checkbook. I have to admit that one. So that's above my pay grade, but I do know that there are a lot of discussions and you know, there's a saying that, you know, every ship that's out there for sale, well, now we know the names of the ones that are. So good luck to whoever gets that ship. It's a beautiful ship. Well, well I'll, I'll wait. Why don't you just call Mario right now and just say, hey, do uh, you think we can buy that one? <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 your boss yeah uh, you know oh, back in in portugal uh, the owner of the owner of atlas mario fajeda he's a he's a very dynamic businessman so i don't put anything past mario he's he's done fantastic things so whatever we do i know that atlas is going to continue to grow and, and and if you guys do buy it i want a little piece of the action now because I, I suggested it but that's another story um mm-hmm. but um you know I'm, I'm not getting to the ship broker field so not, not quite yet but uh now is there anything else of what, what's your assessment of atlas ocean voyages performance so far what, what what have you done right what have you think where do you think you have to improve well what we've done right is our targeting or our capturing that target client that's the biggest thing we did right. We, our marketing and our branding was able to identify enough this Lux Adventure client, this experienced guest who likes relaxed luxury, who likes casual elegance, yet who likes adventure and a little bit of excitement in their life. That was the, the main thing that we were happy with because we nailed it. That client is who we're sailing with. They tend to be slightly younger, slightly more adventurous, young in spirit. The other thing that we did right was our hotel operations has just done a fantastic job producing an excellent product. And we're really proud of that product. The area where we're improving and we found improvement was in our pre-cruise administration. Mm -hmm. What happened was there's the old saying, when you wish for an elephant, be sure you have room for an elephant. Well, (laughs) wish for a cruise line that was going to sell well, and my gosh, we got it. And we just got hit with that overwhelming volume of administrative demand that we had to quickly gear up to do. Everything from reservations to documents and now even to our customer satisfaction roles. Well, that's great. And I'm sure you'll, you'll improve on that. And, uh, you know, for the first year, it's, you, you've done a great job. Now, uh, is there anything else you want to say to travel advisors about Atlas Ocean Voyages at this time? Well, the biggest thing I want to say to our travel advisor partners is that you can sell us with confidence that you can go ahead and sell Atlas. Now it's going to be at even a more attractive rate. In fact, that $10,000 deal was based on the old rates. So now it's a real easy way for a travel agent to earn that $10,000 because we will honor it even with the changed product. The other thing I want to say to our, our travel advisors is that Understand that guest who fits our profile. Right. Make a satisfied client as well as I think you'll make a repeat client because when we do do all those bookings on board, we send those bookings back to the travel advisor who gave us that guest. Now, uh, where can travel advisors go? I always ask the question, where can they go to get more information about Atlas Ocean Voyages? 
Well, for Atlas Ocean Voyages, it's easy. For telephone, it's one eight four 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 atlas And for website, it's atlasoceanvoyages.com. Please contact us. We look forward to speaking with you. Well, Alberto, it's great as always to see you. Uh, hopefully next time we'll be uh, in person next uh, for the next interview because we've kind of gone back and forth on that. It, it all started virtual. Then we did have some live interviews last year, and hopefully that'll happen again. Uh, but again, uh, great first year, uh, uh, you know, from when I, I was way at the beginning, I was on the ship and I'm only hearing good things. So congratulations on this first year and uh, good luck when, you know, later in this year, when you actually have two ships down in Antarctica, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun to get down there with you. So again, thanks very much. Thank you, James, and have a great time and good luck to you too. I'm James Schellinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.